and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. You're sick as fuck. And I love it, no one else can understand. Give me that rush. All right, hey there, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sunny, the one and only. And with me today is the mesmerizing, multi-talented, Toronto-based singer-songwriter, Saya. Uh, it's an honor. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Now, Saya, this has been a busy yet exciting time of the year for you with your forthcoming release of your brand new studio EP, Ready to Burn, which is set yeah. to drop in 2022. Uh, not the exact date yet. Uh, like March. To be announced. Um, uh, first things first, I just want to congratulate you on all the well-deserved recognition this has Thank been getting so far, especially with those singles that dropped. Uh, sick and death of me that were released shout out to the other revered outlets like uh hollywood yeah. life uh flaunt vice metal uh to name a few who've been praising your work plenty to unravel about this gripping new ep and who you're all about but before we get to all that and beyond let's take a deep breath right we've been talking about it before the interview started i know we're kind of sort of getting back into the normality of things again at least here in the states maybe in canada as well uh, two things, Saya, how are you? <laughs> I think that's an important question. And how's life in Toronto in 2021? <laughs> um, life is good. I mean, um, you know, life's hard sometimes, but you know, that's for everybody, I guess. Yeah. But it's good. The sun is shining, you know, grateful to be alive. Can't complain about much. Yeah. You have, you have new music coming out. That's definitely, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> let's not forget that. You know, I, I something I want to do here. And uh, it's good to hear that you're doing well. I want to start this by winding the clock back. Yeah. Let's, let's go several years back to maybe think 2016, because for fans and listeners who may not know, Saya, you've been on quite the journey. I know you released two EPs in that time frame. I know you were yeah. part of a major label in there. I know you also have a passion for fashion, art, and film. You know, if you could just briefly talk about that moment in your life that led to the beginning of your journey as the artist into who you are today. Does it feel like everything sort of just went by in a blink at the same time? <laughs> Such a blink. I mean, it's like, it all happened really fast for me. And I was at a university. I was at Western, which is West. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> from wherever you're at. Toronto. And um, I had a really hard time at school. It just wasn't working out for me. And I took my first trip to LA and I met, you know, amazing people there and I was like wow people are really following their passions and you know life isn't a box like you there's not one lane you have to go in and it really inspired me to you know take it seriously and I was taking it seriously before I went to school but I was like hey I gotta like settle down and get a real job but it really inspired me and pushed me and I started releasing music on SoundCloud and that's when my old manager Lori found me and she was so great and she really helped pave the way for like everything that I was able to do and she set me up with amazing like producers and songwriters in Toronto and like I still have those relationships and I you know I'm so grateful for her and for that journey and shortly after like I met her um we released my first single Wet Dreams and uh, it went number one on Spotify viral global. And like, I mean, I didn't understand like the magnitude of what that meant at the time. I was just like, oh yeah, like every song I release is going to go number one. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty <laughs> ignorant of me. I, I like that approach though. That's, that's kind I of the approach. I didn't understand it. Yeah. I, and when it was happening, I didn't really feel like 
oh, I'm the shit. I was just like, yeah, like, that's just what's going to happen. Like, I, I expect this to happen. And I think it, it was like a bit like confusing for people, like my team. Cause they were like, no, like you got lucky. Like this isn't going to happen. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm going to sign a record deal. Like I'm going to sign a record deal by the end of the year. And she's like, I don't know if that's like realistic. And I was like, yeah, it is. And I did. And it was, it all just happened. And I kind of just had this feeling it was going to happen. And I've always had like tunnel vision. So I don't know if I manifested it. I don't know. I don't know. Really. It's just my path I was on, I guess. And then, you know, things just didn't work out when I was signed. I was in a development deal and my A&R had other bigger artists to care about. So it didn't work out, but I, the, in the end, it worked out for me. I, you know, I own my masters. I own my stuff. I'm, I can manage myself. I'm able to like do rollouts by myself and, I'm really actually quite proud of myself for like everything that I'm able to do, because I think a lot of people would have just given up and it was very, very tough to get past all like the adversity in between the Um, pinnacle of my (laughs) starting of my career. (laughs) Yeah. Like it was like, wait, I mean, it's, it's quite the way to start a career like that. Like once you get all number one on, on a list that goes global. Right. And you kind of, ask yourself like, okay, what do I do now? Cause there's no protocol to follow. It's always tricky. It's like, do I jump into this? Do I just kind of just keep doing my own thing? And, yeah. and, uh, and whatever decision you made, Saya, I mean, it, it was, it was a good decision, you know? I mean, no one knows what to do at that point. It's just, yeah. you had, you did what you had to do, but you know, as far as like getting into the venue of being a singer, when did you know that this is something you wanted to do with your life? Was it right when that song hit number one kind of just, Oh, or was it like before that my whole life like ever since I was little like my mom has tells me all the time she's like when you were little like a baby you would like line up your stuffed animals in your crib and perform to them and you were always making music and making songs and like I I've never wanted to do anything else like it's just always been this like innate thing that has given me life and like I, I took it seriously when I was like very young too like I wanted to, I actually wanted to write like books when I was really young and I would, my family lives in New York and we would drive to New York and I would write books about how I was like bullied and like all that teenage, like young stuff. And then I started writing poems and it turned into me learning how to play my dad's guitar. And that turned into me releasing my own songs on, on YouTube. And I actually like had a whole, I like I did country music before and I've never told anyone that before. And I, and I think as I'm getting older, I'm just like really comfortable with myself. And like, I really don't care about my past, but like I did country music for a very brief time when I was like 13 and I had like a country manager. <laughs> and hey, you was- may, Hey, who knows what happens in the future? I want to keep that in mind. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> so like, I mean, I was like, it started, I started making music as an outlet for being bullied. And I made music that was like singer songwriter indie and it mm. turned into like Miley Cyrus pop Taylor Swift country at that time. And then it kind of just, I went through this phase where I was like, I'm going to be a pop country singer. And then I went, before I went to university, I was like, I don't really like this. Like, I don't like this music. So I don't want to make it anymore. I want to make indie, like indie songwriter music. And then that kind of changed into like, my influences changing and 
I mean, I've gone through every phase you can think of. I've gone through like my skater phase, my rock phase, my like RB phase. Same. Like, same. I was like, yeah, I had my so RB like, phase in like, what yeah. is it, ninth grade in high school when I was, Mine was in fourth team. grade. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I've, I haven't had that. Like, I'm thinking about how did I even end up? Like, it was just, it was just for that one year and that was it. That was it. Well, we like, always have I, to go those phases in our lives. Yeah, I, but it's like the phases I think make, made me who I was. Like, I, I'm yeah. such like a, a eclectic person where I have so many interests and like my, I can, I love like young thug, but I also love Johnny cash. Like I'm such like a, the, the spectrum of what I like is massive. So it's like, it just, it all, that's why I feel like my genre is like, what is size music? Which is, which is great. There's no way to, you know, pinpoint you on a specific, you talked about being a box, right? You're not in a box. You have so many different parts that make up your music, which I'm going to dive to here in a second. Yeah, and uh, you ever listen to like the the songs that you you done, like the R and B songs like kind of just take you yeah. back to that specific I, time in your life? Yeah, because for me, I remember <laughs> what what song? Okay, okay. For example, uh, that song by Chingy, uh, right <laughs> right there. So that takes me back to like yeah. sitting on the bench, like um, yeah. you know, in a in a basketball game before I come in. Like that was just like a song I would listen to at that time. <laughs> this is the first time I ever mentioned this to anybody. I can't That's believe awesome. But yeah, like my mom bought me like the Amory CD and like the Shanti CD when I was in grade four. And I, my mom didn't know like what the context of the music was. And I loved it. I was like, I would p- pretend my Bratz dolls and my Barbie dolls were like a Shanti, a Shanti and Beyonce. And I was like, I just loved it. And like, I, lo- I grew up listening to Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and when I was really young because that's what my cousins were listening to and my brother loved 50 cent and I was listening to 50 cent grade five it was like how it (laughs) happened you know yeah it's it's really cool to hear that and uh, just shows uh, again a big part about who you are your upbringing I'm in that same era too like I would go back and listen I don't even know if it serves as a guilty pleasure I mean people on this podcast are people on this podcast know you already know that I love the Spice Girls you know it's that's not even a guilty pleasure anymore that's just an artist that I love now good music good music what can you do and you know, we talked about like the music, how you got into the scene. And I know you've been in the music spotlight in recent years, even though you've been in that music spotlight for recent years, Saya, you've been at this for a while, considering everything you just told me. I want to talk about this because considering what's been happening in the world lately, you know, the live music experience for you personally as, as a fan and even as an artist, I know you've, you've performed at places, you know, like at the North by Northeast music festival. I know you're on the main stage there. You you were at the the LA uh, show school night, LA, that show there, I know Northside sessions, just to name a couple yeah. off the bat, but what is it about, you know, performing live side that you love the most, or maybe even miss the most? Do you have a newfound appreciation about it now? Yeah, I, I miss the like connection. I think you, I mean, like f- the shows that I've played, I always make new fans at, and I always, you know, get new listeners and I, I really love my fans and I like to talk to them and I love connecting with them. So like meeting them in real life is really great. Like meeting people that you've talked to like over DM and like, you know, given advice to, or like you meet them in person. It's like so amazing. And I guess, I don't know if that's like a normal artist thing to do, but like, I really like, I'm grateful for my fans because it's like, if I didn't have them, I wouldn't. Like, you know what I mean? They're the reason that I can perform. Um, They keep me going as like an artist, but like, um, I I just miss the energy. Like there's just nothing like performing. And I I guess I don't really perform that much 
I, it's kind of like a, a hard thing for me to navigate by myself because I don't have a manager but like I really wish like I could go on tour opening with someone like that's my goal for the next year so trying to get there and uh, we <laughs> talked about your fan base here in Dallas let's we're gonna have to get let's get you manager Saya, and let's get you a North <laughs> really American. let's let's get you a North American tour here because it, it's time for that people to, so to hear you because um, coming for someone like me, I have such a crazy background and like the music I love, I love to listen to it. It, there really is no limit what I listen to, yeah, but you know, I don't know what it was like for you. I remember before the pandemic started, I was at a show every week, you know, and at least one or two shows every week. Okay. And then, you know, once it hit, it was like, all right, what do I do with myself now? You know, cause yeah. I were kind of just removed from that live concert experience. I know shows are starting to open up here again. Yeah. You know, I do want to get your take on this because this has been the commonality for the last year and a half. You've seen it is live yeah. streaming, you know? Yeah. I and, mean, I... Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. No. Well, because I've asked over 200 amazing people about this question. There's no wrong answer to it because a lot of the artists, what they did on stage, they would take it to the screen, right? Of obviously these interviews will be in person, but um, yeah. but do you think what we all saw during that, I don't know, that live uh, streaming, like the quarantine induced live streaming, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward through your perspective? Like, do you still see artists doing something like this once I'm, we once we enter 2022 and beyond? I kind of think like it gives opportunity for international festivals maybe like if I'm a part I'm going to be a part of a, a show that's going to be live streamed and it's like international artists like up for women and all over the world and that kind of gives opportunity for like you know people in all over all over the globe to be a part of something and come together and showcase their work um, for an outlet. And I think that's great. But I mean, I personally wasn't really paying too much attention to like live stream concerts. They're just, they're just like music videos, basically. <laughs> and, and and I think it's a bit hard. I mean, I, I don't, I've only done one of them now. And I think it's just really intimate. And it's like, how do you make it creative? And I think that was a fun challenge for me. But I I guess I'm not really like I used to go to concerts all the time when I was like in high school but I think when I go to concerts I get like weirdly jealous and like I really want it like I'm like I want this so badly like I like I remember I saw John Mayer like a really long time ago and I was just like the energy was insane and I was like I want this so badly like and I started crying because I was just like overwhelmed it was like I really want to be like I just want to perform in front of like thousands and thousands of people like that's like the best feeling so like I love a big stage but I don't know I don't really like live stream I think and that's okay like I said there's no wrong answer to what you just said because I have so many artists who come on here telling me yeah I would love to do live streaming it gives me a chance to engage with my fans and some people would say yeah. I'm not doing shit until all this is over and we don't know if this is going to be over over yeah. you know obviously we're we're on there are different parts of the world who are two steps three steps behind us and canada yeah. as far as the pandemic is concerned yeah but i think like creatively it's like fun to do live streams like you can kind of have your freedom to do what you want but mm -hmm. on based on your budget and i guess it's kind of harder for like independent artists to you know make it look spectacular so i i like a challenge so i had fun doing the one that i did um but 
if I had like, you know, a label and you could do like a cool, like huge thing, I think I would enjoy it more. You know what I mean? Hey, this is going to be global all around. So whoever's listening, get Saya on your label and get her tour, get her everything. So, I mean, people need to hear this live. And um, I was going to say that the the live experience, a very important topic that I, regarding the live experience is I would have friends who purposely don't go to shows because of the social anxiety that comes with that territory. If you know what I'm talking about, you know, being in that large crowd with a bunch of people around you. I mean, we can talk about astral world all we want, what happened there, but you know, some of my friends benefited from the live streaming because they didn't have to go out and be in that crowd. And they would text me, Sonny, did you see this live stream? This is crazy. I never thought there were a band like this would be presenting an atmosphere like this, you know, if I were there in person. So that's another thing. Mental health is another thing that people benefited from. It helped some of my friends, you know, I would never see them at shows and they would. Well, that's, that's good to know because like, I definitely have social anxiety. And Mm. even like when I was at university, it was very hard for me to like walk into like a class with all those people. And like, I wouldn't go to class because of it, but it's. Oh, I hate that feeling. Yeah. Especially when it's like a big, big, uh, big room and you have to walk all the way up. That's like the worst. (laughs) But it's like weird because it's like, I have no problem performing. And it's like performing is like my safe space, like safe space. Right. So it's like, I actually had a conversation with someone recently and they were like, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, it does make sense. It does make sense. I, I mean, I, like I know, I, I, yeah, I, I know that it doesn't seem like it, but I am more of an introvert, you know, cause yeah. obviously well, I'm, I'm comfortable here speaking to the yeah. people that uh, are, are have a passion for what they do. But if mm-hmm. you put me in like, for example, a classroom of 350 people, and if I'm late and if I'm like a minute late, everyone's Always like, late. Oh, gosh, I'm like dreading. Like, how do I, what path yeah. do I take to get to my seat? You know, sure. <laughs> I would literally just like not go. I would get there and be like, I'm 15 minutes late. Like I can't walk in. I would go back to my house. I would just yeah, it really it's just, um, like, it, it's kind of debilitating having like social anxiety sometimes. So you kind of opened up this new, new thought for me now, because as I'm, I'm actually finishing up my degree here in PR and now usually I would, these classes would be in person now we're doing it in obviously through zoom yeah like you know what i I should take this as like uh uh as a level of um what is it convenience for me because i don't have to we don't have to deal with that now with going through that classroom of 350 whatever how many how many people there are but anyway (laughs) anyway you get you get the point i'm trying to make now uh sorry we talked about everything let's talk about ready to burn yeah how about how about that let's talk about that this this ep drops in 2022 now uh, 2022 that feels weird to say even like i know i gotta so. remind i gotta remind myself it's not 2020 anymore it's 2021 <laughs> all right exactly you know uh, before we get into this new ep i also want to mention that because this is the follow-up to your previous two albums uh chills and thrills and sugar-coated which i thought both of those releases complemented each other i actually went back and heard them top to bottom and I feel like releasing a debut and releasing the second album, like a sophomore album, you, you did it the right way. I mean, I mean, uh, talk about following up in each album, uh, chills and thrills and sugarcoated respectively, which by the way, wet dreams and paid are absolutely great songs. I mean, I absolutely love both of those songs. Uh, how, you know, how often do you go back and listen to those albums? Um, sometimes if I'm like talking to someone and I'm ta- like, I'm there are new people in my life and then I'm, they're asking me about my music and um, I listen back and I want to see it from like 
their perspective, I guess, but like, it's really weird. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I was just like young and naive. It's just like the context of a lot of my music is really superficial. And I I've just, I'm not a materialistic person like that anymore. And I feel like I was um, very influenced by materialism when I started out and it's just like nothing's real like a happiness like go, yeah, yeah go. you listen to yourself and like what are you talking about like, why, why do I say that <laughs> I, I care about like I don't know like four things in my life so my family is really important to me like my privacy is really important to me like mm-hmm. um good conversation I love oh, that's more than like I don't know but like like my god I guess like my family good friends good people being genuine being a good person I like horses <laughs> Hey, that, can, all that's great. Making music. Uh, like that's yeah. what I care about. Like everything else is just like, can I swear? Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, 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 it's really interesting you say that because, because I, the things that you sing about back in, you know, 20, 2016 to 2018, whatever have you, you kind of look back on it's like, man, that maybe that's what you were feeling around that time in your life almost serves as a snapshot, so to speak. And now. Yeah you have this ready to burn EP, which is probably the most realistic, like as far as lyricism goes, like this, this came from your heart. Yeah, you know, definitely. It's, and it's it was, really interesting because um, when I started making music, it was like, it was kind of, it was the same kind of context. Like it was that type of music, but I was so like, I was so adamant on like making like trap pop for some reason. I don't know why, but I don't know. It's just like, that's where I was in my life and I can't like complain about it, but it's just yeah. like, I, I feel like I'm by being vulnerable now, I'm just my authentic self. And I really like that. I just want to add that trap pop is, is great. And I, I think that's fine. I like I, and I think, and I think it's fine that you did that, you know, yeah. it's uh, there. I, I know there's, it's again, it's a tricky protocol because you go back and think about the things that you've done throughout your career. It's like, is there a level of regret? Should I have done it this way? Should I, but you said it yourself that shaped you into who you are today. Right. I don't regret anything. No, you have to own your decisions. Everything you do in your life sets you up for where you need to go, where you're going. I don't believe in regret. No. Yeah. And yeah, you hit it. You hit the nail right on the head. I want to throw some stats at you because uh, along with this two EPs, you've also amassed over what 12 million streams and counting across multiple music outlets. You've, you've had radio support from uh, uh, Beats One, uh, BBC Radio, uh, CBC here and now, and Apple. I think Apple in 2018 uh, labeled you as one of the favorite new artists. Yeah, you know, that was awesome. and that, you know, it's pressure. Saya, do you did you feel any of that at all when you decided to sit down and write again for this new album or even just a follow-up? Um, no, it like came really naturally to me. I, I I felt so discouraged by everything that was happening. And like I was in a really dark place, like mentally. Hmm. And from like 2018, like I think even before that, even when I was signed, like I was just not in a good place mentally. And I think I just wasn't making genuine music. Like I was just, I guess, more of like a lost soul at that time in my life. And um, trying to just figure out like the intention of my art. And like, I really solidified that with this project. It was like, what 
who is who are who am I as an artist like what am I trying to say and like why are you hiding your true emotions like why are you so afraid to be your like vulnerable self and I got all of that out on this project and I forgot your question <laughs> no no you're you're on the you're on the right path here I was just asking if there were, you had any pressure but oh okay uh, but um but no I I think for this project I literally just was like you know what I'm already like like in my flop era I might as well just do what I want and just, you know, go with it because good things take time and no one, no one's pressuring me. And yeah. it's just like natural. It all came natural. And I felt like this was the most genuine side of you that you could have put out there on like translating yourself onto the music that you're putting out now for a song like sick. I'm going to, I'm going to quote you here. Cause you said hearing the song come to life that day made me fall back in love with making music. Yeah, and and now um, and then you have this uh, other single death of me. And now this is the part, you know, if you don't want to talk about the other songs, hint, hint, all the fans out there, (laughs) you know, and and I loved every bit of this EP. You know, there's a reason why I mentioned why those publications are saying what they're saying, because you really have this talent on. Which, by the way, if you want to have a sip of your green tea, you can, or tea, you can, because I'm going to talk about this. You really have this talent of incorporating sounds of alt pop, R&B, electro pop, mm-hmm. uh, along with the catchy and upbeat reggaeton and hip hop vibes within your compositions. There was also that sense of darkness that just lures the listener in. Like, I got that. I'm dark pop, if I can even call it that. I mean, I you also like dark pop. Yeah, I mean, and that's you, what I make, dark pop. Yeah, and you have these infectious hooks that are incorporated in within, you know, uh, again, I said this new EP also showed a different side of you and, and your vocals. I mean, you went above and beyond of this. I hope you know that you one up yourself here, Saya, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> with this that new EP. And, and, and uh, I'm going to stop talking here because I feel like I won't be able to stop myself if I go on and on. But I know writing starting started back in 2019. But, you know, walk me through this, you know. How much did things change from when you first started composing on Ready to Burn to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change? Did you already have a specific sound in mind with this album? So Sick, when we did Sick, I was like, holy crap. Like, this is the music I've wanted to make my whole life. And it's just like, uh, this is the sound. This is the sound I've been trying to achieve. And I feel like it was just so unattainable with the people maybe I was working with. It was just not working out. And it was just like, wow, like this is, this is, this is amazing. (laughs) And I was very motivated to continue that. And it's really interesting because I didn't have like sessions every week. Like there was no, it was like a session every month and a half. Like it was very spaced Hmm. out. That's why it took so long. And when we wrote Death of Me, I went to the studio with my producer friend, Mal, and we were just like messing around making all types of beats. And he was like going through samples. I was like, that's it. Use that sample. And then like, I think a month later, I met up with my like my good friend, Ali Sue, and she's been writing with me since 2015 even. And um we were in her bedroom and we were just like going through the beats that we made that day. And she's like, I really like that one. I was like, yeah, there's something about it. Right. She's like, yeah, let's do it. So we wrote that in her bedroom. And like, then I like did like the demo at like my ex-boyfriend's house. And then we went to like a Spotify session and like recorded it there. But then we went, found like an executive producer to like polish everything. And like we recorded final vocals and 
basically like there's we worked with like this producer Ben Lucid in Toronto and we wrote all we wrote the songs and then we went to him and he did additional production on the entire project and it took like an entire year and a half to do that we just went back and like made everything saucier and yeah sprinkled goodness all over it and like tracked vocals and just kind of made it yeah and and the final touches on that were were amazing because uh you mentioned Ali and uh there's also another name in there Damien Birdsey is he uh he did um the production on six okay yeah and shout out to that entire production team because that was a big part of this the sound itself was a big part of this record that I really loved. I mean, Saya, I mean, I don't know if you know if this is for you, but I'm an audiophile these days. I'm very picky on how I want my music to sound the yeah, way too. the way the way I want it to sound. But with but with this uh, with Ready to Burn, I didn't have to mess with anything. I mean, as far as like producing, mixing, mastering, all that stuff, there was that sense of comfortability in the studio for you, right? Knowing that you oh, had yeah. this team working yeah. on Ready to Burn, is this a team that you can maybe keep together going forward, or was this just kind of spur of the moment getting these thick pieces lined in I think so like I've really value my work relationships with people and I when I work with people that I enjoy working with if it's mutual I would I hope to continue that relationship I mean mm-hmm. I mean I've been writing with Ali Sue for like six years so that just goes to show you like when you find something it's like a relationship you know what I mean it's yeah. like you you respect the person as an artist it's why not continue to develop that relationship if it works? And um, I hope I can, you know, continue working with my, like my friends. I think they're all very talented and I mean, I love working with them. So. Yeah. And it shows that they're a big part about who you are too. Shout out to Ali Sue for, for being there with the songwriting, you know, between, between the songwriting and, and structuring the songs and the production process, like you just talked about, uh, Saya, keep all this in mind as I'm asking you this, because I want the people out there to know how much uh, this, how important this is to you, because the lyricism throughout uh, Ready to Burn, I begin to think about the tangibles of songwriting and themes, right? You have a song like Sick, which uh, if anyone who hasn't seen it, the music video shows you performing in that empty theater uh, yeah. until your ex walks in, that oh shit feeling. That yeah. when, I, when I saw that, there, there was also those feelings of you know, frustration, vulnerability, pain, and the desire within uh, a chaotic romance, really. And then you yeah. have a song like Death of Me, which is about the unresolved attraction and the tension after a breakup. Yeah. Like, I can relate to that. Like, I've had my shares of, like, bad breakups. I felt like I found my soundtrack to my own breakups okay. now <laughs> with I this. That. I love that. So, so let me ask you this. I'm going to round it out to this, because to what level do you like to have a theme or concept for your music, Saya? Does that play a big part in helping with the compositions because a lot of artists they don't really care about themes right they just do like 10 oh, songs really? in the studio and that's it <laughs> but with no, you you really wanted to get this message out yeah it's a huge thing for me I mean like um I like movies I love film it's, film inspires me very very much and in my music especially so I think uh I take something and I run with it if I really love it um I, I think for this project, it was the first project that I actually wrote that I wanted to be based around one story. And I think it unfolded really, like, like I said, naturally and in a way, like really beautifully. And like, there's like a pure rawness to it. It's just very authentic, I guess. And, um, you know, like 
you can take the the music how you will and you could assume I'm in like this horrible relationship but I was in a really great relationship when I wrote the project and um but you know things happen in relationships that aren't perfect and people yeah. fuck up and you know I I I write based on like instances and kind of exaggerate them and also pull from like film and you know I'm I'm working with someone other people and they put in their two cents so it's kind of like you start with an idea and it turns into this yeah flower. <laughs> and one of those ideas I want to give a shout out to Janelle Cruz mm-hmm. uh hopefully I'm not butchering the name there because that's, that, that's the director you work with on the yeah. music video for sick yeah and uh, I'm a sucker for cinematography I mentioned my love for film uh, shout out to translating your music into an aesthetic and an illustrative setting like the the music video for sick it just had like wow this could be like a movie (laughs) like the way it was shot like just the shadows and just the uh uh, the colors within that music video but but um anyway i think like sorry to cut you off when we were on (laughs) okay you're okay i guess i didn't know what to expect because like i don't know i kind of just let him do what he wanted i trusted him he's brilliant so um for me to trust someone with their like the vision that, that means a lot for me <laughs> it's hard for me so um when I was on set and like looking at like the playback I was like holy yeah. shit like yeah. this is beautiful like I wasn't expecting it to be this crazy so I was yeah. really happy. you're talking about the live concert setting right that, that kind of just put you right in the centerfold of that entire experience yeah. so um Definitely. I again I'm looking forward to the day when that happens when you get to that live setting and just have that adrenaline rush go through your body now uh uh, Saya, we've covered a good amount of ground on this awesome interview. Just thank you for sharing so much yeah. about who you are. I feel like we need to have like a toast or something. I think I'm done with my <laughs> coffee, but, but cheers to like, like who you are. Right. And, you know, from, uh, you know, from, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, which we have discussed about, you know, uh, performing for as long as you have and the people you have met and worked with doing your album releases. You know, including your relationship with with Ali and and uh, and Damien, your relationship with your family, friends, uh, this pandemic for crying out loud. You know, yeah. I'm excited to see where you go from here. Yeah. So, what is the most rewarding part for someone like you, Sai, who is now at this point in their career? You've experienced so much already. Do you ever just stop for a moment to take a look back at how far you've come? Yeah, I do a lot of reflecting. I'm I. I'm always in my head thinking about the past. Yeah. I try not to live in the past. I, you know, it's really important to be present and to accept the present moment for as it is. But um, I mean, I, I, I take it. It's like, if I did it once, I can do it again. Like, I, I don't, I don't like to discourage myself. And I, I actually weirdly get very triggered when I release music and I get very, very upset when I release music now. And um, I'm, I'm trying to like stop doing that. And it's like, uh, like the music industry is just taking a whole chunk out of my mental health, like straight up. Like there, there needs to be more resources. for mental to- health. I totally understand that. Oh my gosh. And, I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. Especially in Canada, like mm. uh, it's hard. So um, I think when I get like that, I have to remember, it's like, look at all you've done and continue on this journey and you know commit to it you've committed to it so just keep going I mean I'm like very positive I'm a very high functioning like depressed positive person (laughs) 
I, so I like, think I think you're kind of you kind of almost describing me, so to speak, like because yeah. it, I think it's important to celebrate the little successes you have along the way. And see, uh, I don't I don't celebrate. I don't celebrate things. I don't celebrate like anything. I don't know why. I just hmm. I, I appreciate everything that's happened. And I'm very grateful for everything that's happened. But I'm not much of a celebrator of things. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. And uh, you know, I, I I was terrible at that. You know, I I, I would never do that. I'm, I'm learning a little bit more and more. Yeah. The more and more I'm 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 exposing myself in the music industry, and and uh, I think it's just I think it's easy to lose track of yourself. The more successful you are, you kind of just go 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 go. You know, you never yeah. have that moment to yourself. I think it's important, kind of just push everything to the side, kind of just exit and look at it from the outside, you know, kind of just remind yourself why you do it and then go back into it with, I don't know, like yeah, a refocus yeah. energy. And uh, I needed to do that a, a few times throughout my life. And I just, I would always, I don't know, put myself down sometimes. Like, like I yeah. could, I should be doing better. And I just, I just focus on doing better. I never focus on what I accomplished. Yeah. You know? And I don't, I, mean, know. I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I think that's an important thing to do, but um, because it's, it's a big part. I mean, you're, you're doing what you're doing because you love to do what you do and yeah, the, impact, the impact you're having. It's, uh, it's only going to get bigger from here. So, <laughs> um, but that's good. I really loved your response on that. It's very genuine, very authentic. Now, um, before I let you go, I know we're approaching the last part of the interview. This has been great, by the way. I love this. Yeah, um, I, love I, 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 I hope we can do this again in person one day when yeah, you come to Dallas and, awesome. and we can talk about when we like doing an interview, like on stage before the show starts, when it's that would like, be very cool. before the doors open, that would be something to look forward to. Okay. And then we could talk about the interview we did during that pandemic time, but who yeah. knows how long, but um, now I mentioned that surprise at the end, right? This is the part what I'm going to do, Saya, here we go. I'm going to do something called the lightning round. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down the list. You just have to think quick on your feet. I'm going to ask you a question. You just have to pick one or the other. Okay. Okay. <laughs> My anxiety. I, I, yeah, I, I think, I think you're, I think you're good. You're like, all right, I got it. I got it. Some of them are simple questions. Some of them are just downright funny and ridiculous, but that's what makes it fun. All right. I, I, I think, like I think I picked out some good ones. So you ready? Yeah, I think. Okay, you got it. Trust me, it's gonna be good. Red or blue? Blue. Vegan or meat? In the middle. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Coffee. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Star Wars or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Who's your favorite character? Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Mexican food or Italian food? Oh, Mexican. I'm Italian. I'm Sicilian, so I'm like sick of it. <laughs> all right we're on the subject of food poutine or american cheeseburger i don't eat cow so poutine well i've, I've never had poutine ever so delicious. <laughs> that's I mean, what i hear cow i mean there's cow and gravy so well not oh, like chunks well, of cow. yeah yeah um <laughs> now now i know you're in toronto so i have to ask this question toronto raptors or the toronto maple leafs don't care <laughs> Or even just like um, family. No, like, I like hockey. I actually used to play hockey. So oh, I know that's I used to play basketball awesome. I too. So okay. I can't cheese. I I've played both. I'm gonna say Maple Leafs for you. I love hockey. That's awesome. I wish I could play hockey when I was younger. That's I was like angry as a kid, so it was like a great outlet. Man, I, I just wanted to check people, man. Growing up, I've never school, told like... anyone that either. Like I just so so you're talking about being bullied. I was bullied too, and one of the and I would watch uh, a lot of hockey. <laughs> 
<laughs> during that time. And the Dallas Stars at the time were like um, an amazing team. And I would just see them check people. I'm like, man, I wish I could skate. And I could it's just so like. It's so fun watching hockey. Like, yeah. I, I like watching the fights. I like, I know oh, it's dude. really bad. Oh, for, like, dude. Mental no, health no, you, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm, I'm like agreeing to everything you're saying. Yeah. Like, it's fun to watch, but it's like terrible for them. Like, I don't agree with it. Oh yeah, that that's another territory too. I mean, with the whole uh, the CTE, I think yeah. the yeah that happens. Anyway, uh, moving on. Which actor or actress would you pick to play yourself in a movie? Talking about film, right? Uh, Penelope Cruz or Angelina Jolie, Monica Bellucci. <laughs> oh wow, that's that's a really good list. I feel like you you thought about this before. That's pretty good. I didn't oh, even think about that. Yeah. That's pretty good. All right. If there's a spider in your house, do you kill it or set it free? I uh, kill it. Man, I feel bad. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I, I, I had to do it the other day. It's all right. It happens. Uh, now I feel bad now. All right. Uh, heavy metal or country? Country. Halloween or Christmas? Mm, that's fine. Halloween. I feel like Halloween kind of makes Christmas exciting. Like it's like the president, yeah. you know? Halloween. Well, Christmas. I really like New York and like around Christmas time. That was my next question. New York or LA? <laughs> uh, LA. I like the beach. Uh, people. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I was in LA last month for my birthday. So LA is like my second home. I just uh, pick any beach and I'll be there in a heartbeat. Like, yeah, it's... I, I love the sun and um, I have a lot. I used to go to LA for like months at a time I was like it was like my second home for like 2016 yeah. I was in a relationship with someone in LA so I spent a lot of time there and it became like my second home so I have I have a love for LA but more based on like the energy and like the sun and the beach and yeah just yeah. not the people <laughs> just, I just thought, it's, it's a lot of fakeness and I'm not fake I don't like bullshit. Yeah. I like genuine and you know, it's sometimes hard to weed that out. But I think once you find good people in LA, you got to hold on to those people. And I Very think true. I have friends in LA and I, I like them because they're genuine people. And they are out there. And if you haven't been to Coronado Island yet, I know it's in San Diego. I've uh, been to San Diego. Man, San Diego. Uh, Coronado Island is probably my favorite place in the entire world. It's it's a beach, but it's like isolated away from the city. Oh, I love that. You know? I, and- I love being isolated. I'm such a... <laughs> I love being by myself. So and I love nature. I hate the city. So so Coronado Island, keep that in mind. It's 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 not that far of a drive at all. If you can handle the traffic, I mean, living I in li- I mean li- living in Dallas, you know the traffic here, or uh, just Uber there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what, probably the best way. All right. Drive. Uh, so this is a question. This is a Texas question because this is a big debate. So I want to hear it from a Canadian like yourself. Is it? pecan pie or pecan pie what do you say pecan oh that's interesting so i say pecan it's it really is a debate down here people are divided right in the middle yeah well as an italian person i say pasta right but like some people say pasta and it's like no pasta like like bagel 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 tomato 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 yeah like a the bostonian type of boston accent i guess i'm I'm thinking of i'm thinking of like the northeast like New York, Boston. Well, like my, like my dad's that. from New York, and I don't recall him ever saying pasta, but he says soda. Oh, pop. Call him and just just randomly tell him to say that word. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Do that. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, uh, we both have long hair. Would you rather lose all your hair 
or gain 50% more hair? 50% more hair. <laughs> Very true. Same here. All right. Now, if Voldemort offered to give you a hug, would you accept? Yeah. <laughs> would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Talk to animals because I love animals. Yeah. I've had I some like people more yeah. than people. Same here. But I've also had people say, well, I can talk to my cats. So I guess I can speak every language in the world. So if but. I could talk to the horse that I ride and we could have a real conversation. Oh, man. Crazy. OK, OK, that OK. I think now that you say that, that kind of beats out everything that I was going to say after that. But I've never been horseback riding either. So that's another um, I, you, you're making this mental list in my head that I have to like do like horseback riding, poutine, all that stuff in between. All right. Now. Uh, this next question I think you really love. There's a time machine in front of you, Saya. All right. It says <laughs> the destination is the Hillary Duff concert in Hamilton, <gasps> on Ontario, which is your Lovely. first, which oh. is your first concert. Do I was you, like, how do you know? Do you take the trip? Yeah, I do take the trip. I was, you know what? I was so shy. I couldn't, I, I could, I didn't even dance. I was so scared. I was little and I was like, afraid to like enjoy myself so i'd go back i'd be like fuck yeah hillary dove wait did i say that in an interview yeah you can no no i mean did wait. i say the, the oh, hillary uh, thing in an interview? I, I think you did i don't know if i read it or if i or if i saw it so i know I you've done a couple interviews it. yeah i was like how do you know that that's crazy yeah yeah your first concert was do you remember how old you were um, I think I was probably like 11 or something. Oh, man. I went to my first concert when I was like 15, 16. Really? Well, uh, my dad, my dad used to be a musician. So I have been to like his shows when I was like a baby and stuff. Oh, man. OK, well, I see that. See, my mom is a music artist, so she's a singer. So she's yeah. actually cool. famous from back home because I'm from I'm from Bangladesh, by the way. And oh, uh, awesome. I, I would go to her shows when I was like a kid. I don't know if that counts, but. My first yeah. concert ever was six, fifteen or sixteen. Uh, it was Switchfoot. <laughs> cool. A long time. I love Switchfoot. I still love Switchfoot today. But you know, they're still making the great music that they are. But yeah, um, that was a crazy day too. I, I remember just like, you know, it's always interesting asking this question: Would you take? Would you go back to relive that experience? You know, and Why I would, not? and I yeah, and I would too. I, I'd probably uh, make my way up to the front a lot earlier than I did that day <laughs> instead of just staying outside because. Because because we were on the lawn, it was raining out on the lawn, and I didn't. Yeah. I waited until really late and tried to uh, barricade the freaking uh, yeah. the pit that was in the front. But it was great. Like I'd never been to a concert before at that time. But my that uh, Hillary Duff concert was like in a, an arena, so there was no opportunity to. But was it was really close it, to it was her. Packed though, right? I'm, it was I'm packed. Serious. Oh my god, screaming little girls. I mean, Hillary Duff. Fired up. That. Hillary Duff at that time, that was like the time, you know, that was and, the uh, time. <laughs> but um, so I was going to ask this question, but I'm going to have to ask it now. If you weren't a musician, Saya, what would you be doing right now? Um, I feel like this is a really dark answer, but like, I don't even want to say it. Um, <laughs> so you don't have to. to say it. Um, no, it's not. It's just like I music is like what keeps me alive like straight yeah. up. So I don't know what I would do without it, but um, I guess psychology, I like uh, hu the human condition. I like yeah, people. I'm really good at reading people and um, yeah. uh, understanding like human behavior. And I think I have like a gift at uh, like 
therapy. I'm like everyone's therapist. Yeah. So. This was like therapy for me too. Like the, when we just, we're just talking right now, it's like therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so like I would definitely, I, I maybe like a psychologist or a therapist. Um, yeah. Maybe I want, would work with horses and do like therapy for like people on the spectrum, like the autism spectrum or something like that. Yeah. I like that, helping people. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, do me a favor, stick around for at least 30 seconds after the interview. Okay. Um, now, now, um, do you have any, again, we've covered everything. I, I can't wait till we do this again. So do you have any just last words, any shout outs, anything you'd like to plug in or mention as far as ready to burn before we finish things off here? I don't know. New music video coming out soon. Uh, um, what you can, I cannot say, but the floor is yours. However you want to close it out. Stop sleeping on my music, everybody. <laughs> If, if, if this, if this interview wasn't, wasn't enough, I don't know what is, cause this is everything that you need to learn about. Sleeping on me. Um, uh, no, I'm doing like a short film. Um, I'm writing it with my best friend, Jamik, uh, Falad, and she's brilliant. She's my best friend, like my older sister. We're actually going to shoot it in December. And, and I'm really excited about that because it's going to be like a take on Buffalo 66 by Vincent Gallo, um, which is a very old, bad movie, but I love it. And, um, it's for like the last song on the project. And it's like, uh, it's, it's going to be like very sad and, um, dark. So, Hey, I love sad and dark every now and then, you know, uh, yeah. it's like, it's like, what is the, what does Bane say in dark and the, uh, dark night rises? I was born in the dark, but anyway, that's a very bad example, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, everyone who's listening, this is the amazing Saya ready to burn drops 2022 that's uh, quite the way to uh, kick off a new year with a new album especially yeah. with something that you're passionate about thank um you don't so f- much. thank you and uh, don't forget to listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there check us out on interview on fire.com everyone who's listening uh don't sleep on saya uh i mean yeah. she said it herself i mean everything on this interview is is about everything who she is and she has a lot more in store and i can't wait till you tour the states to come to Dallas and uh, I'll see you when you get here and uh, happy Thanksgiving, Saya, you know, yeah, have a great holiday season. Thank you and so if much. we don't talk again, happy new year as well. And this yeah, has been like a crazy that. year and here's to hoping we stay in touch. You come, uh, you come on the road to Dallas. All right. Yes. Thank you so <laughs> much. Right. Thank you everyone for listening. You're sick as fuck. And I love it. No one else can understand. Give me that rush. Go in deeper. Keep me in this barrel, man. Can't get enough of your power. Let me hold it in my hand. I'm sick as fuck. Cause I love it. I love it. Sick as fuck. Sick as fuck. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.